The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. All right, just before we get to our next guest, I do want to read some more of your texts that are coming in. And I appreciate you all texting in, and you can at 630-630. This one says, we are where we are because Kenny blew it when when he had the chance. We're talking about equalization. This one, carbon tax is not a hill to die on. Let's work with Trudeau and accept the carbon tax in exchange to speed up the TMX expansion by far the most important issue. When it comes to separating... This text, they have to address this separatism. To not take it seriously is foolish. Pray Wexit never becomes the Alberta Republican Army. Do not push aside the current state of anger and feeling of being dismissed by Ottawa because it could turn a whole lot worse. Darwin says, as a conservative voter, I could not vote for conservative this time around. The alt-right views of the party is keeping me away from voting for them. Dell in Vegreville. Dell, always great to hear from you, says, excuse me, Mr. Kenny, as a born and bred rural Albertan, I do not feel unwelcome in my own country. I also see no value in a panel of your cronies fanning the flames of fire that you set. And this one. Alberta is still a great place to live. If we can uh, complete a pipeline, everything will be tickety-boo. Kenny is the right person to be at the helm. And I think Trudeau might just surprise us. No separation for me. That is from a texter at 630-630. And I appreciate all of your texts. I'm going to go with him on that one. I, uh, I'm Canadian. I'm Canadian first. You might not, you know, and I know some of you are really PO'd. You're ticked off on, on the situation. But I think there are other ways to deal with uh, your the fears, the concerns, uh, the, the feeling of alienation than, um, than uh, fan in the flames on this one. Um, I said we were going to get to something that's going to be happening tomorrow. Do you guys remember this comment? Alberta has a spending problem and the government needs to act quickly and decisively to reduce its spending. Mm-hmm. That was uh, Janice McKinnon, the McKinnon Report uh, earlier this year, that blue ribbon panel that took a look at everything and made, I don't know, 24, 26 different recommendations on where the government could cut costs. The budget will be handed down tomorrow, the Kenny government's first budget. Let me know what uh, you want to see in it tomorrow at 6.30, and And so just 24 hours before this budget is released, the Alberta Federation of Labor has released a report claiming that cuts to spending and public services being contemplated are, quote, not required to manage Alberta's current fiscal deficit. Gil McGowan is the president of the Alberta Federation of Labor. He joins us now. Gil, welcome to the show. Hi, Jalen. All right. Um, Gil, the AFL is, is saying that if the Kenny government follows the McKinnon Report recommendations, it could result in a self-inflicted recession worse than what we've already seen in the oil patch. Can you explain that to me? Well, the, the, the kernel of our argument, the center of the argument, is pretty under, easy to understand. And it's basically this. If you withdraw billions and billions of dollars from any economy, uh, not only the Alberta economy, any economy, if you withdraw billions of dollars, you can't expect not to have a negative economic effect in terms of growth and jobs. And so what we wanted to do um, as a public service, uh, 
was to help Alberta Burdens understand what's on the table uh, with the recommendations that have been given uh, to the UCP by Janice McKinnon and her so-called Blue Ribbon Panel. Um, because and so we, we hired an economist, a uh, team of economists actually, to crunch the numbers on her recommendations, and um, and basically what he what they found was that uh, if the government, as expected, uh, uses its budget tomorrow to implement the recommendations of the McKinnon panel, then public sector spending in Alberta will be cut by 20% over the next four years. The provincial economy will contract by 4.8% because, as I said, if you're taking that much money out of the economy, it's going to shrink the economy. And, very significantly, 114,000 jobs, both in the public and private sector, will be lost. And, you know, to put that in perspective, uh, net, we lost about 50,000 jobs here in Alberta when the global price of oil collapsed between 2014 and 2016. So the fiscal plan that the Kenny government is considering, um, you know, based on the recommendations from McKinnon, would lead to twice the job loss that we've already experienced. And for, for us, the significant thing is that this, 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 this level of job loss uh, would probably tip us into a recession, uh, but it would not be the result of external factors outside of our control, like the collapse in price of oil. Instead, it would be a deliberate choice, and uh, and the resulting recession wouldn't be something that just happens to us. It would be self-inflicted. Hmm. Um, the report says that um, the analysis is fundamentally flawed and the recommendations completely yes. ignore the impact on the Alberta economy and the quality of life on Albertans. And you've touched on, on that, I think, with, with some of the numbers that you, you put out there. How was the analysis, how was the McKinnon report analysis fundamentally flawed? Well, there were two problems. Uh, the first is that uh, McKinnon and the UCP both assume that cuts to corporate taxes will create jobs and that they will pay for themselves. Uh, but the record from around the world uh, tells a different story. And in fact, we're seeing that here in Alberta because it's been months now since uh, the UCP started cutting taxes for profitable corporations. And what 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 we've seen here in Alberta and what we see around the world, where when you know whenever conservatives implement this kind of stuff, is that it doesn't work. Companies take the money and they run. Jobs aren't created. Economic activity doesn't increase. The only thing that happens is that government revenue is decreased, uh, leading to uh, uh, deficits which in turn are used as a pretext for uh, cuts to education, healthcare, infrastructure, and other public services. So the public end up, ends up paying for the giveaways to corporations through uh, cuts to the services that they rely on. Um, the second thing that McKinnon and the UCP get wrong is that they just don't get public sector itself. They, they ignore the fact that the public sector is, is in itself an important part of the economy. Uh, with real people providing real services with real economic value and they ignore the fact that you can't cut these services without having a real impact on the economy um, and, and they don't seem to understand that the public sector is a big part of the foundation of the economy whether it's education healthcare, infrastructure um, and when you chip away at that foundation you, you're, you're essentially chipping away at our prosperity and the final thing that that the McKinnon ignores and which I'm afraid the, the UCP is going to ignore in their budget tomorrow, uh, they don't seem to understand that public sector workers themselves are a big part of the economy, not only because they provide vital services, but because they're consumers. So when you lay off a nurse or a teacher or a paramedic, uh, that, that's one less person 
uh, who's not going to have enough money to buy a house, to buy a car, uh, you know, to shop at the mall uh, or local stores. So, you know, that's and that, that's what we've done in our our study. We basically we we have uh, uh, we've, we've analyzed the this ripple effect because um, when, when when jobs are lost in the public sector, it, it ripples through the private sector, and it has an impact uh, on the on, on the broader economy. And so we've tried to quantify. Uh, those negative effects, which were ignored in the McKinnon report, and and I think that we ignore those, the the, the knock on effects at our own peril, um, because like I said, like right, right, uh, like I said at the outset, if you take billions of dollars out of the economy, um, uh, it will have a negative effect. Um, Gil McGowan joining me this afternoon, the president of the Alberta Federation of Labor. You talk about the public sector, and of course, at McKinnon uh, had said, um, what was it? Public employee salaries need to be managed. This was the clip. Public sector salaries in Alberta are higher than comparable provinces and they have to experience restraint. They are higher than comparable provinces and need to experience restraint and I can tell you my text line and the phone calls that we get about that uh, Gil would echo what she has to say and if I looked over my text line right now it says hey we you know our salaries were rolled back in some cases we don't even have a salary so what's the problem if the public sector salaries are rolled back a bit? What do you say to that? Well, the first thing I'll say is that they're not just considering salary rollbacks. They're considering layoffs, um, not in the tens or hundreds, but in the thousands. So uh, it's not just a question of rolling back salaries. Uh, they are talking, they, you know, they can't cut 20% across the board without resulting in the loss of frontline service. Uh, the second thing I'll say directly to your question is that, yes, uh, Alberta public sector workers get paid more uh, than their counterparts in other provinces. Um, but so does everyone in the Alberta economy. In <laughs> fact, um, you know, for the last 20 years, as a result of, uh, you know, successive oil booms, uh, one of the great knock-on effects for Albertans is that uh, our wages have gone up. On average, Albertans get paid 20% more uh, than people in other provinces. Um, but the difference, like <laughs> the public sector, private sector workers get paid more than 20% more on average than their counterparts in other provinces. Uh, with public sector workers, it's only about eight percent more. Uh. So, so what you know, and so during this long boom that we had, uh, private sector wages went up at an average of like six or seven percent a year for year after year after year. Whereas with public sector workers, they were going up two, three percent. Sometimes, I mean, the teachers went eight years without a, a pay increase. Uh-huh. Um, and so, you know, so it, like I, I find it really hard. When, when, I, it, when people tell me that they have to share the pain yeah. when they did not share the gain. Yeah, you know, Gil, one of the things that, that, that kind of burns my butt a little bit is like, oh, well, you know, we don't have a job anymore, so you shouldn't have a job. You know, the whole us against them yes. sort of thing. And, and I don't like that uh, whatsoever. I do think, uh, and, you know, the Jason Kenney government was elected on, you know, a promise to get spending under control and to balance the budget. So how do they do that? Well, you know, here's the hard truth that Albertans don't want to hear. Um, the the so-called Alberta advantage was a mirage. It was a lie. Um, it, you know, it goes back to Ralph Klein, and and uh, he said, and his conservative successes repeated it, that um, the Alberta advantage is that we can have low taxes and uh, as good or better services than. Uh, 
you know provinces in other parts of the country and um and it, it never made sense if you scratch the surface but what was happening was that he basically had a we have a tax system here that collects uh what essentially is the equivalent of 75 cents on every dollar we need to pay for things like education healthcare, infrastructure the difference was paid by these windfall profits that came from the sale of our collectively owned resources so so people and people need to connect the dots here why why did the heritage fund not increase in value <laughs> over the last 25 years of boom like the last time that money was put into the heritage fund was actually 1989 that's mind-boggling and so where did the money go they used it to fill that gap and to artificially keep taxes low now that the, the price of oil has collapsed it doesn't look like it's coming back uh, the chickens are coming home to roost, right? So we have this 25 cents on the dollar gap that used to be filled with windfall oil money, uh, but that's not coming back. So, Gil, Gil, I'm so almost we've had taxes that are way too low. Like the, the bottom line for us is if we want Canadian standard services, we're going to have to get our head around p paying something close to Canadian standard taxes. And we could increase <laughs> our revenue uh, by $11 billion a year uh, in terms of higher taxes on corporations or the rich and still be the lowest tax jurisdiction in the country. Gil, I've been hearing some talk, uh, you know, going tomorrow, into tomorrow, and I'm, I'm running out of time here, that for right now, when it comes to public sector, I think uh, someone told me, like, the, the, the health care, maybe teachers, they're kind of okay for right now because their salary, their contracts come up in the spring, and that might, uh, you know, be looked at in a, in a spring budget. I'm hearing that post-secondary edu post education could get hit it really really hard tomorrow yes. what are you hearing and what are you expecting tomorrow well I, I am expecting them to implement a lot of the recommendations from the McKinnon report I mean why else would they have commissioned it and, um, and we've been seeing foreshadowing so yesterday in the in the Edmonton Journal and uh, Calgary Herald there was a article from uh, uh, Jason Kenney's um, municipal affairs minister and so he was talking about big cuts to yeah. municipalities so i expect cuts to municipalities to, to infrastructure to uh universities colleges um it, i think it's, it's going to be across the board and the one thing that i would f say is that people shouldn't be fooled when they say um oh we're just freezing things uh please remember that our economy continues to grow the population continues to grow and there's still inflation so a freeze over four years just a freeze is the equivalent of a cut of about 13 or 14 percent to frontline services and that's a big cut gil i want to thank you for joining me this afternoon uh we'll touch base and we'll follow up uh when the budget comes down tomorrow thank you for this Thanks, Jillian. All right, Gil McGowan joining us this afternoon. He's the president of the Alberta Federation of Labor. Again, the Kenny government's uh, first budget going to come down uh, tomorrow afternoon in just over 24 hours. Um, 3.15 is when everything starts at the legislature. We'll carry it live probably starting right around 3.20, 3.22. Your thoughts, what are you expecting tomorrow in this budget what do you want to see happen? You can let me know, and we'll hear from uh, the finance minister after this.
And so Alberta's finance minister, Travis Tave, saying today that that first budget of the UCP government will, quote, surgically attack spending, but not at the expense of essential services. Tave says it's critical to exercise budget restraint to end a recent run of multi-billion dollar deficits within four years as promised, but he says it won't be like the early years of former Premier Ralph Klein's government in the 1990s, which which saw cuts of up to 20 percent. Well, there, there's certainly there's certainly some cleanup required uh, and uh, and and it will chart a new course. It will really set a new trajectory. Uh, it will be a it will be a, a, a responsible budget that will serve Elburns well. Some of your texts coming in this afternoon. Vernon says, sorry, can't afford the too high paying public sector workers. They need a pay and cut or they need a cut and pay. Other Albertans have done their part. They need to do it too. That's Vernon. Uh, this one, a bloated public sector paid for by tax dollars. Boo hoo. This one, first time I've agreed with the AFL argument. Trickle down economic, uh, economics has proven time and time again not to work. Kenny doesn't care. This is him following ideology, which he accused the NDP of doing regardless of facts. Kelsey says the budget tomorrow is going to hurt. Why else would they wait until after the federal election? And this one sounds like fear-mongering from the union. Richard's on the phone. Hi, Richard. I have about 60 seconds. What's on your mind? Okay, make it real quick here. Thanks again. Just Mm -hmm. to add to what I had mentioned yesterday about the impossibility of separation. Uh, The clauses, again, I don't mean to beat a dead horse, but the 11 treaties in Canada. Oh, yeah. The first one signed in 1871, August 3rd, four years after Canada was confederated. Treaty 6, the one we're in again, was 1876, 29 years before Alberta was incorporated in 1905. There's literal clauses in there. As long as the sun shines, the grass grows, and the rivers flow, those aren't metaphors. Just to inform the listeners, these were literal, literal uh, clauses that were. So I'm putting my bet on the sun. I guess we've got about <laughs> five billion years there. So if the separatists, they got five billion years to plan. But I mean, uh, I'm not being facetious, but that's the literal truth. However, I'm sure there could be deals worked out if there was separatism. But that would be an expensive deal because you'd have to buy all the land back. But anyhow. That's just my thought. Richard, uh, got to go. Thanks thank for you. calling. Always great to hear from you uh, again tomorrow. The budget, you'll hear it live right here on 630 Chet, starting right around 315.